more of you, Jesus, more of you, more of you, more of you, more of you, Jesus, more of you. You know, just, just, just want more, more of Him. And, and in, because of who he is, you know, the, you, you, there's a moment where you just want to, to, to know more of him. And it's, it's in that light that I want to share what I want to share with you from the scriptures today. And, and, and also thinking about Feast of Grace that is coming. I want you to be expectant and excited. Amen. Amen. Be expectant and excited. Uh, uh, about Feast of Grace because God has a word for you. Say, God has a word for me. So make sure you're there. Make sure you invite uh, 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 your friends. Uh, tell them to come over. Ask them to be there so that we can experience the power of God together. Last year was, was a blessing. This year will be better. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Turn with me in your Bible to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 to 21. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 to 21. Those of you that have been joining the early morning prayers, um, you, you know I've, I, I spent a whole week reading this scripture every single morning um, um, because of the weight of which the Lord has been placing something, some things in my heart around it. And, and it is actually the text from which our theme for this Feast of Grace is coming from. Where we said more of you tonight. And at Feast of Grace, we said it is the, the power. What's our theme for Feast of Grace? The power. The power. The power. I, 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 you have to say it with power. You know, the, the power. The power. The power. And, 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 and there's, there's just something, something for you. Out of the power of God. And you must go out equipped by that power of God. Amen. Amen. Somebody just say power. Power. You know, this, I mean, I, I, my heart indicts a good matter. I, there's going to be some Holy Ghost experience. It's <laughs> going to be some Holy Ghost experiences. I, 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 I was just thinking even if the guest ministers don't get there, I will get there with you. <laughs> Yes. Amen. Amen. Uh, I'm not a guest minister, but if the guest ministers don't put you there, I'll get, make sure you get there. Glory. Because there are some things that I'm saying. But okay, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 to 21. This is a prayer that Paul is praying as he opens his letter and his greetings to the Ephesians. And, and he says, you know, after he's talked about some of the things that have moved his heart to make this prayer, he says, Therefore, I also... After I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And he says, these are the prayers that he's, he's, he's praying for them. These are the things that he prays as he makes mention of these beloveds in Ephesus to God. He says that God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory. And, and I will speak before Feast of Grace about God of our Lord Jesus. The Father of glory. glory. 
But for tonight, let's go on to the prayer. And he says that, that he may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. There is a spirit of wisdom and there is revelation in the knowledge of him. Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but also in that which is to come. to come there are particular things that i just want to highlight to you perhaps five things or four that i will highlight to you tonight from this particular text and then the prayer that paul is making but before i, I go there just just a word the Lord would, would say to somebody that, you know, from, from the, the text and the, the, the scripture of Daniel, and in, in says, they that know me shall be strong and do exploits. Amen. Um, um, and and while, I was, while I was having this, this strong urge around these scriptures, the, my, my brother was saying, I believe this is a message for someone. And, 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 I believe that the Lord is, is saying to somebody that if you can know me, you will be strong and you will do exploits. Amen. Now, if you can know me, if you can know God, you will be strong. Your strength is in knowing God. And when you are strong, you will do great things. You will do exploits. If you can know me, you will be strong. And, 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 you know, and, and while, I was, while I was kneeling there and, and he kept speaking in those tongues, my spirit was, normally I've read the scripture, and, and just, I love the King James verse, so it says, they that know their God shall be strong. And it, it seems to be that because I, I know, because I, I have some knowledge about God, or they have told me something about God, so I am strong and I will do exploits. But I, I just had a different flush of understanding to say those that know me, those that have a deep relationship with me, and then the message for somebody, whoever you are, is if you can know God, if you can know this God, you will be strong. You are weak because you don't know. <laughs> this is what he is. You are weak because you don't know. You don't do the things that you're supposed to be doing because you don't know. But if you can know God, if you can know Him, if you can know Him, you will be strong. And you will do exploits. There was a second. There was a second word, and, and the second scripture from Daniel chapter nine, verse twenty-two. Around the same time, 
And I'm going to share with you. I thought it was a, it was just for me, but I'm going to share with you. Just go with me to Daniel chapter nine, and then we'll come back to to come back to the scripture. Daniel chapter nine, verse twenty-two. You there? Uh, where are you, Daniel chapter nine, verse twenty-two? And, and and it's the angel, the angel Gabriel. Is, 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 is who comes in verse 21. Daniel has been praying in this passage. He's been praying because he's been reading. Uh, I, I could preach it right there. He has been reading. And while he's reading, he's moved to pray. Uh, he's moved to pray. And, and, and he has been praying for some days. And the angel Gabriel comes to him. And he's, he informed me and talked with me and said, Oh, Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. I'm going to go back and search about why God says I'll give you skill and understanding. But Daniel has been reading. And the reading moved him to prayer. I don't know who you are and where you are. But, but whatever it is that you've been doing, you're praying for something. And I believe the Lord... The Lord is saying to that person that I will give you skill and understanding. I will give you skill and understanding. I'll give you skill and understanding. If you're not the person, then it's for me and it's for me alone. Because I, I, I have been praying about some things and reading some things. And, 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 and so I know I need... I need some understanding and some direction from the Lord about the things I'm praying for. But I, I just have a prompting to say I need to share it with you. Because maybe you are also. He says, I will give you skill and understanding. Give you skill and understanding. Now let's go back to our text. The first thing I want you to realize from there is that he says that God may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I am touched not so much by the spirit of wisdom, because that seems to be very straightforward. But I'm touched by the aspect of the revelation in the knowledge. Revelation in the knowledge of, of Him. That He may give you the spirit of wisdom. That wisdom is coming out of a revelation. Somebody say revelation. revelation. What we need is a revelation of Him. Amen. It is an understanding of God. It is an opening. A revelation is an opening. Something is, when something is revealed, means it is put out into the open. It was hidden. And now it comes out. It is revealed. It is brought out to a place where we can begin to comprehend it and understand what it is. So for example, for example, let me do this. I have here a wallet. And, and there are cards inside of them. I have to open it so that you can see what kind of cards they are inside. But, but even if I open it from where you are, there are still some cards that are still hidden behind the flap. I will need to pull them out for you to understand what card it is. And the more I open and peel and pull out things, you get more an understanding. There is more revelation. And, and, and here he's saying, I am praying for you that you will have revelation in the knowledge of him. 
and the spirit of wisdom to go with it. Because knowledge needs wisdom. Write that down. Knowledge needs wisdom. It's not everything that you know that you act on. And the things that you get to know, you may need to act on them differently. So knowledge brings you to a place where you must move or act or, or not move. Or, but you need to have wisdom to know what to do with the knowledge. And this is why I believe that Paul was praying for them and saying, I'm praying that you may have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Knowledge of Christ, knowledge of God, knowledge of the Holy Spirit. We need to have an opening. It needs to become clear. We, we need to get to know God. So when we are saying more of Him, this is the burden on my heart to say, God, I want to have more knowledge about you. I want to be able to pill you and pull out the things about you so that as I step out into the world, I am moving in a spirit of wisdom that is prompted by a revelation. Somebody shout revelation. Revelation. We need people with a revelation. Can you imagine if God were to reveal to you? In fact, he says, I will do nothing unless I reveal it to my people, to my prophets, to my children. And the Bible says, you know, the things that are revealed, they belong to, to us. The things that are hidden are for God. But when he reveals it, it belongs to us. If you don't know that, the Bible says that go and search it. Go and find the knowledge of Him and His Word. You need to peel into the Word. Get into the Word. Find Him. I, I love it in Acts chapter 17 where He says, you know, God has, has, has determined the times and the places for us to dwell, to be in, to live in. Why has he done that? So that we might seek for him. And perhaps, the word perhaps seems as if we would not find him. But we can find him. Why? Because in him we live and move and have our being. Yet we must still seek him. Yet we must still desire to have the knowledge of him. Knowledge of somebody you are in. Knowledge of something you are in. This is why many of you are scientists. You are trying to understand why is soil the way it is? Why is the plant green and not blue? And why does the flower go red and not yellow? Why does it do that when it's warm and not when it's cold? Why does the potato grow big in this season and not in the... You are trying to understand the things around you. Just as much as we are appealing for that knowledge, we need also to have the spirit of wisdom that is having a revelational knowledge of him. Amen. We must seek him desire to get that knowledge and so i'm praying that, that that as you as you are you will have a desire you will have the spirit of wisdom you will have a revelation in the knowledge of him you will desire to know him more Amen. to have an open revelation hallelujah Amen. you will not walk blind Amen. you should not go blind Amen. but you should go with an understanding that is deep. 
You must have a revelation. Tell your neighbor, I need a revelation. Tonight, go with a revelation. Feast of grace, you must get a revelation. I am praying for, I've been praying, I'm praying for you. And I'm praying for myself. I must get a revelation. I've, I've read this scripture many times. But the man of God who's coming, they must come with a word, with a revelation. I must get to know something more. I must get to know something fresh. I must get a word. I need a word. I need a revelation. I need a rev. Tell your sister I need a rev. Tell a brother I need a rev. I need a revelation of God. That I may have the spirit of wisdom in the knowledge of him. I need to have a deeper knowledge of him. Number two thing is that he says that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. To enlighten something means you are putting light on it. It's again like, like, like reveal a revelation. A revelation is an opening. An enlightening is a shedding light upon something so that you remove the darkness and the ambiguity. And enlightening is about making something become more plain to understand. It's, it's about making sure, making sure that you see things the way they are or the way they should be. So, for example, if I take off my glasses, I can see you. But the people that are at the back, they look like trees. <laughs> You understand what I'm saying? Yes. This is why Jesus said to the man, Do you see now? And he says, I see men and they look like trees. I, I used to wonder why did this? Because he used to see before. So he knew what trees look like. And then he became blind. So when Jesus asked, Do you see now? You know, and that's the way the power of the revelation is. In that many times we are seeing things, but they look like trees. So then, we need to have glasses so that I can see that, oh, it is Pastor Sam who's standing there. It is not a tree. You understand what I'm saying? That the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. The eye, you see, there's this interesting scripture that says, if the eye is one, you know, you've got two eyes. But those two eyes must see like one. Can you imagine if one eye was seeing like a tree? See, I went with my son, Anotida, when he was young, and they do an eye test. And these young kids are privileged. We just went like the, we were to school. They do an eye test so that they can make sure that their eyes are seen properly. And then the doctor says, um, now Anotida, tell me what's there. And he's just looking at saying nothing. And then they close one eye and say, I know, tell me, and he starts to tell them everything. Then they close and they say, tell me, and he just stands there. He's not seeing what's there. Then they say, oh, his eyes are not seeing as one. One eye is seeing, the other eye is not seeing. So they gave him some glasses where every day we needed to shut down the eye that was seeing to force the eye that was not seeing to see. And after a few months, we went back with him and they say, Anotida, tell us what's on the wall. And he starts telling them every single detail 
from the big ones to the very small ones. He's telling them every single detail. And then they take off the other blindfold of the one eye. And when he looks at, at, at the wall again with both his eyes, he even begins to tell them things that were even smaller than what one eye was seeing. Why? What has happened? It is because now they've made sure that his eyes are seeing as one. And when your eye sees as one, there is light. Hallelujah. He says, I am praying that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened what that you may be able to see things as one and not two that you don't have double vision that you don't have blurred vision see people who have double vision are seeing this and seeing that and they don't know which one to choose they go for this one and they say, oh, no, it's not really the right one. Then they try to go for the right It's not really because they are, there is a double vision. And so the double vision makes them double-minded. They are struggling for choice because they are seeing this and seeing that and seeing this and seeing that. And they don't know how to distinguish because the eye is not one. And there are people who, are, who have just blurred vision. You see, like on the day I went to, to, the, to, to the optician, and, and I'm saying to the optician, you see, people are, are, are sitting in, a, in the auditorium, and they are talking about a point on the graph, and I don't see any point, any single point on the graph. I just see a blur. And it's only when they show me right in front of my eyes like this that I also see, oh, there is a point. And at some point, I think people are just talking to a wall. And so she, 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 she does a test and she says, do you see the number plate? And I say, there's no number plate over there. I just see a yellow thing, but I, there's no number plate. And she just laughed and says, do you drive? And say, yes, I drive at 125 kilometers on the highway. And she says, you are a danger to yourself and to others. Why am I a danger to myself and to others? Is because I am seeing a blur where I'm supposed to see the number two and the number three. So when she gave me the, the glasses and she says, look now at the wall. And I said, oh, there's a number plate and I can read it. All the numbers. My blur has gone. My eye sees as one suddenly there is light where it just seems to be a darkness. I pray that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. Now, there is the enlightening of the eye. The second aspect on that place is that it is the eyes of your understanding. It is the eyes of your understanding. I've told you that if you can see it, you can have it. See, so those that have been here long enough know the statement. If you can see it, you can have it. If you don't see your MSc, you will not have it. If you don't see yourself getting a PhD, apply until hell comes down, you will not get it. Because if you can't see it, you will not have it. If you can't see yourself getting married, you know, there are some people waiting to get married, but they don't see themselves being married. If you can't see it, you can't have it. And, and in order to help me to, to come to a place
place where I can see the things in my understanding. Sometimes you need to repeat things into your consciousness. So I've taken the word of God. And I've said I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And the more I've repeated that, my consciousness, my understanding begins to see me doing all things through him who strengthens me. I can have this blessing. I will have this blessing. I am I'm going to have this blessing. Every day, I'm proclaiming this blessing. See, somebody said to me, you will never have a car. <laughs> and I just went and took a nice picture of a car, stuck it in my wardrobe. Every morning as I opened my wardrobe, I saw this picture and said, I will have a car. <laughs> what am I doing? I am changing the eyes of my understanding because I have been fed a word that says you cannot do this. Someone says, ah, the church you are starting will not go anywhere. I just went and painted a picture of a church and, and, and I got a, a nice revelation. And, 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 and as I got this revelation, God reminded me of something he had taught me. As showed me through another man of God who had stood in a particular position and says, I see you preaching every Sunday in this particular direction. And every Sunday I stand on that pulpit facing that direction of that man of God. I simply began to write that picture down, that vision down and put it in a place where I could continuously see it. So that the word that he had said, you can never have a church that will succeed in Magengen. Whenever I saw that, I said, God, this is the picture. And as my, the eyes of my understanding began enlightened to the word of God. It's not just about mental, mental training. It's enlightening according to the word of God. According to the knowledge of God. Where are we now? 14 years later, the church is still there. And I have people who used to pray with Pastor Sam in, in the city say, we were praying for a head to have a church like this, and I am the fulfillment of what they saw. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm. I thought you'd say a bigger amen. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying, people? If you can see it, you can have it. But it is seeing it in your understanding. Not just seeing it with the physical eye. It has to go into your understanding. It has to go into your consciousness. It has to change your mindset. And so he says in Romans chapter 12, that you may, your mind might be renewed. So that it might be able to comprehend the perfect will of God. It will move through the different stages, if you want to call them stages, until it is perfectly on God. There are things that I would have loved to do with my life. But when the eyes of my understanding were opened, I chose to follow God. And when I chose to follow God, I remember one of my mentors said, young man, you'll get rich late. He said, if it is about getting rich late, it is okay. Because I have the riches of God's glory. Which is point number three. There is an understanding. So I laughed one day. When somebody said, we will never invite you again to our church because you're a prosperity preacher. And I said, ah, you, are, you don't know what I have forfeited. If I was a pro prosperity preacher, I would not come to the Netherlands. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I would not come to the Netherlands. If I was, wanted to preach prosperity, I would stay in Africa. Because they are easy to mislead. <laughs> and dupe. You don't... <laughs> 
<laughs> One person came and said, you don't take offering in your night vigils. And I said, why? It says, in, in, in my church, I take offering when they come in. <laughs> there is an offering before I preach. There is an offering after I preach. And there is a Thanksgiving offering at the door. I said, no, <laughs> that's prosperity gospel in Africa. And why are the people giving? Poor people are giving. Four offerings in one service. So, 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 so I laughed when this person said, you are a prosperity gospel preacher. And I said, I've also left particular things which could have made me to become more prosperous than I am now. Why did I leave them? Because I had an understanding. My eyes saw something. That if I can follow God, there is more in God than the material things I could have gained by the time I was 30. I'm only gaining some of those things now when I'm 40. Things I know I could have gained before I was 30. And I had a target. Huh? Young, ambitious young men. That's why I had a mentor. <laughs> because I wanted to get them before I was 30. And then retire at 40. I'm still not retired. <laughs> <laughs> but what is it? It's because I have seen something with my eyes. My eyes have been enlightened to the word of God. The understanding that you need is an understanding that is linked to the word of God. And as it begins to be driven by the knowledge of God, it will give you also an understanding into the other things of daily life. Hallelujah. Amen. It does not only end by you being in church. It translates into other things in life. Amen. 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 And so he, he goes on and says, he goes on and says, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. I'll get to the riches after this one. That you might know what is the hope of his calling. So when your, lie, your eyes are enlightened, and Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7 says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all thy getting, get understanding. Wisdom is the principal thing. And so he prayed for a spirit of wisdom. And now he says that you might get understanding. Your eyes, the eyes of your understanding. Your understanding has eyes. I need to come back to this point. Your understanding has eyes. Your understanding must see something. Your understanding has eyes. Don't let your understanding be blind. Am I speaking to someone? Yes. When you step into your place, into a place, your eyes must see something. And then deeper still, the things on the inside of you, your spirit man, your, the man that we call you, must also see something in the spirit. Your understanding has eyes. Write that down. Your understanding has eyes. And it must be enlightened by the word of God. And he says here, that you might, that you might know and, 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 and what is the hope of his calling? He, he says there is a calling. And there is a hope in that calling. There is a calling from God. And the word calling here 
is, is, is a word about what has God saved us to do. Why are we saved? Number one, we are saved so that we can have eternal life. So that we can go to heaven. So that we can be in a relationship again with God. And that relationship brings us entry to the place of his bosom. Amen. Amen. So there is, that is, the, there is the, the place of our hope. Is that we will be like he is. 1 John chapter 3 says, We have this hope that one day, because of his great love, we will see him as he is. We will not only see him as he is, we will be like he is. I, you know, I, I, I want to get there. I want to be like my father. I want more of him in my life now. You see, I'm challenged by the fact that Moses asks God to say, show me your glory. And God says, you know, I'll just show you my back. And the back of God was enough to make the face of Moses shine. That people had to say, please, Moses, keep a veil on, on your face. And then when you go and speak with God, you can take your veil out. I was amazed that it was the people that said this to Moses. Say, Moses, we give you a suggestion. You are now too holy for us. You are now almost like God. Put veil when you come to us. We speak to you when you have a veil covering your face. When you are finished with us human beings, you can go back into your tabernacle and speak with God. And you can take your veil out. I was just saying, wow. God, I want to have a face like that. Some of you just say, hey, pastor, pastor, I just want to have a face that we say, you are afraid to come and say, pastor, pastor, hey, high five. But you can get there when you have more of God in your life. So that was my challenge to say, maybe I don't have enough of you, God, that people just step on my toes anyhow. You know, you know how some brethren just, they just treat you with the back of the hand. And you're wondering, I thought we were brethren. Have you ever, have you ever maybe it's me alone who has that experience, huh? that you know, you're thinking, I thought we were, we were beloved in Christ, you know, and they treat you like anyhow, you know, like, like a rotten tomato, you know how you just throw away rotten tomatoes. And I say, maybe, maybe God, I just need more of you in my life. Maybe they'll put me in the right place. And, and because we respect anointing, yes or no? Ah, there was this brother. He was just a brother, not even a pastor. Just a brother. And if you said something nonsense, he just said, fire! And you see people just falling like that. <laughs> there was one time a sister, you know, she, she, ah, you know how it is. Ah, you, man of God has ministered and we're all trying to shake the man of God's hand. And this sister, oh, my brother, brother, brother. She, she tries to shake the hand. She, boom, on the floor with a beautiful dress. And you know, in Africa, these roads are not paved like here. Right there in the floor. People had to carry her back to her room. And I was saying, wow. I was just watching the brother. Saying, wow. What an anointing. What an anointing. He still is anointed now. He's more calmer. He knows how to treat me. He now has a spirit of wisdom. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he treats he, but, but you know, what an anointing. What a presence of God he carried with him. And that's what God wants. Be, beloved, what we shall be, we shall be like him. It is the hope of our calling. It is where we want to be to be more like him. The Bible says the earth groans and moans for the revelation of the sons of God. You are the sons of God. You are the child of God. That must be revealed on this earth. People must know he is a child of God. <clears throat> I, 
I, I, I, I have this burden that you, you will get to know something deeper about the hope of his calling. And so in the hope of the calling talks about that eternal life. It talks about life in abundance. You must live life and live it abundantly. Amen. Amen. That is the hope. Jesus says, I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. So you must live life abundantly. You must live it. Amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor, live life. Live life. It is the hope of your calling. You are called to live life. And then have eternal life. Don't wait until you die. Live it now. Enjoy your life now. Go and buy juice and buy cola and drink. Have a balanced diet. Don't just live on Coca-Cola only. Have a balanced diet. One day buy punch and another buy smoothie. Buy this. Live your life. Hallelujah. They all cost the same. And another day drink water. So that you can save the money if you think it's expensive. But live your life. Don't just eat, uh, what did we used to eat, Ikena? What was that we used to eat all the time? Minced meat. Minced meat. Minced meat was very easy. You know, hehagt. Very easy to cook. Throw it in the pan. You do whatever you are doing on your Skyping, whatever. You stand up again, stare it one more time, go back to Skype, scared, come back, and it's done. Boil rice along the way. By the time you just put lots of water in the pot, you don't have to be measuring two to three, whatever. It's a waste of time just to dump everything in water. Once it's boiled, 20 minutes time, Gerhardt is ready. You just put tomato puree inside, mix the two together, voila. (laughs) If you are a clever guy, you also put some nice tomato on top there, take a picture, send it to your friend, and you eat. But that's not living life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's not living life. Ikena, what you didn't know was every Sunday after church, I went to sit there in a rest in this small cafeteria, and this guy knew, the guy in the cafeteria knew half a hand, you know, half a hand, Pastor. Half a hand with all the nice salad and well done. He just knew I didn't have to tell him anymore. I just went in after church, sat in my corner. Half a hand and a nice bottle of drink. <laughs> During the week. So uh, you live life. I don't know what was your strategy after you. <laughs> but live life. You must live your life. Live your life. And then don't be religious about it. Live it. Amen. <laughs> live life. Enjoy it. Yes. Have fun in life. You are a child of God. Set free by the blood of Jesus. Don't go around sulking, I'm a Christian. (laughs) Look at the Christians, how they are. And then by the time we say 20 day fast, oh, I'm a Christian. (laughs) Live life. It is the hope of your calling. That you have life and life in abundance. Hallelujah. Make, treat your house very well. Yes. Treat your room very well. Open the window, aerate it. Let people be happy to come into your room. <laughs> Say, ah, if you want to relax, go to brother XY's room. Oh. There you can relax. Not, ah, if you want to relax, go outside into the cold. 
Live your life. Amen. Amen. And it is the hope of our calling. Excel and be excellent. It is the hope of our calling. We are called to be ahead and not behind. To be above and not below. To be in front and not at the back. He has called us to greatness. Give, I mean, he had to send his only dear son for you. You can't live any less. You got the best of God. You must live the best that he has for you. Hallelujah. Say, I am the best. I must live the best. I, I, I determine. And I have determined that at whatever I, I am doing, they must say he has given his best. Amen. Amen. Give your best. Because I live at my best. I live at my best. Choose the best <laughs> that is available. I didn't say choose the most expensive. I said choose the best. So that you are not confused. Choose the best. You are given option one, two, and three. Choose the best one. Don't be shy about it. I don't know why I'm saying this. <laughs> don't be shy about it. Choose the best. Yes. If God presents you three brothers, choose the best. <laughs> <laughs> now you understand, right? Don't just say, ah, no, let me choose this one. Maybe she looks similar background. If God has said that is the best, go for the best. <laughs> Say, ah, I don't want she's from this other country. I don't know if she's the best, she's the best. Mm. Go for it. Because God knows how to give us the best. If he gave us his own one and only dear son, who had no sin, who had no blemish, who had nothing to be blamed upon, if God could give us his very best, you must know it. Your eye of understanding must know today that you deserve the best. You are the best of God. You must live at the best of God. And so we, the hope of his calling talks about the fulfillment of life in all things. It, it talks about, about us becoming like him. So Romans chapter, chapter 5 also speaks about the hope that we have in God. And it says hope does not disappoint. Hallelujah. It says we have this hope. You see, our faith, our faith it, it has, it gives us access into his grace. And that grace, within that grace of God, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And verse 5 of Romans chapter 5 says, Now hope does not disappoint. The hope of his calling does not disappoint. Hallelujah. Amen. You can trust God. You can trust God. And I can tell you, after walking with God since 1996, faithfully, because between 1994 and 1996, I was somehow <laughs> born again in 94. But you know, young man, you're still trying to figure out things. 96, I got a revelation. It made me cry behind a rock. Now leave it there. But I got a revelation. The eyes of my understanding were enlightened. I saw something about God. Before I went to play football. So God can visit you. You don't have to be night vision only way go. I was about to get on a bus to go and play football. I scored the only goal of the, of the day for my team. And my team won. And I got injured. 
But part of what was going through me was not the emotion of football. It was the emotion of the revelation that made me go and hide behind a rock and cry before I got onto the bus. They had to look for me to say, are you still coming? Because I had a revelation. And with that revelation, I have walked with God. And I know that hope does not disappoint. Hope does not disappoint. Everything I have believed God for, he has somehow, somewhere, shown me the path of life to it. Not everything is fulfilled yet, but I can see it coming in the horizon. Amen. So I told you I had some dreams before I was 30. Some of those things are happening now when I'm 40. And there were things which I said, God, at 40, at least this, if you will have mercy on me, I will go and preach the gospel. But if you will have mercy on me, at least this, and this year, that is coming to pass. But I have had to wait for it over 15 years. 15 years I made that declaration. I'm still, and there are some things that I'm still waiting. I may have to work a few more years before I see them. Because that's what I believe the Lord is saying. Just, just stay there. Could have stepped down and gone. But the Lord says, just stay. It's about God. I said, just stay. So I'm staying. But as I'm staying, I want you to understand this. That God, his hope, does not disappoint. His hope does not disappoint. It was about 2000 when this scripture was revealed to me. I was in a city called Bulawayo. In university, doing my bachelor's. The scripture was so vivid. Hope does not disappoint. And, and, and I know... Since then until now, hope does not disappoint. His hope does not disappoint. So, so, that, so you, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. You must know that hope. You must know that hope. There are different things that we hope for. My hope may, oh no, there are the general things of life, yes. There are particular things. This is the revelation that the Lord wants you to catch. There are particular things that you as an individual are hoping for that only pertain to you and your God. And the word for you is hope on those things does not disappoint when it is placed in God. His hope does not disappoint when it is placed in Him. You must place your hope in Him. I sound like I'm repeating myself. But you must place your hope in Him. He is faithful. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody just, just nudge your neighbor and say, God is faithful. God is faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. His hope does not disappoint. 1 John 3 is, 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 is the other scripture that I gave you. And whoever has this hope purifies himself because we will be like he is. Number four, and he says that in the hope of his calling. And also, I am praying that you might know what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. There is an inheritance that is within the saints. Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 9 says, For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the Lord of his inheritance. We are the portion of the Lord. The inheritance of God. We are God's inheritance. However, in, that, in us being God's inheritance, we inherit everything that God. Uh, are you still with me? 
We inherit everything that is with God. Everything. So when you sing that song, I have a very big God. You are saying the whole earth and the fullness thereof belongs to God. And it also belongs to me because I am the inheritance of God. The heritage of God is passed on to me by virtue of me being a son of God. Ah, you know how inheritance laws work? Anotida will inherit what is mine. He will not inherit what is yours. Unless you choose to make him. <laughs> but if you don't, you will not. He can't come and claim it. No matter how many good lawyers he will find, they will, the judge will simply say, you are not a part of him. You cannot inherit it. But what is with me? His lawyers will fight to the end. Even if he gets one cent, he will get it. Why? Because he inherits what belongs to me. I pass on that inheritance to him. Now what has God done in Jesus Christ? He has made us sons. For to whosoever, oh, are you one of those? To whosoever who believed in him, he gave them the right, the power to be called what? The sons of God. And so the sons of God have a right to the inheritance of God. You inherit what is your father's. And this is why you must have a knowledge. And the eyes of your understanding must be enlightened. That you might know what is the hope of the inheritance that is in Christ. For you. It is an inheritance for you. It is an inheritance for you. For me. And so you must understand your position in God. It is a position that grants you an inheritance that is in the saints. An inheritance that belongs to us. It's an inheritance that is to the saints. Are you a saint? I'm not talking about the saint of the Catholic Church. Are you a saint? Yes. You should be calling each other saint. Because the, the, the aspect of being a saint is people who are born again, washed in the blood of Jesus, sanctified, forgiven by Christ, made righteous by His grace. Those are the saints. Not because you are canonized in some book by the Pope, no. You are a saint because you know God. He knows you as a son. Not just as one of His creation, but as a son. And saints have an inheritance. Hallelujah. Amen. Saints are sons and sons have an inheritance. An inheritance of their fathers. And so, and so, when we are saying, Lord, I want to know more of you. I want to know more of what is mine. I am, I am so blessed by the prodigal son. I say, Pastor, how can you be blessed by a prodigal son? I am blessed by him because he understood his father's inheritance. Mm -hmm. He may have wasted it, but he understood what belonged to him mm -hmm. under his father. Mm -hmm. That's why he even had the guts to say, I messed up, but I know if I go to my father, he will have mercy on me. Mm -hmm. 
He understood that I might not get back to the position I was, but there is something in the inheritance of my father that I can get, and it is called mercy. Ah, you didn't catch that one. It's called mercy. You see, now that I am a father, I understand it. Because sometimes my sons do things that make me super angry. And, and I just want to slap them and, and you know, put, give them a good hiding. But I don't want to end up in the police camp. So, so, so I have to control myself in a different way. <laughs> but you're super angry. And you say, how can, how can we, we've discussed this, we've agreed on this, and, and how, how does he behave like this all of a sudden? He's born again for goodness sake. How can a young boy, born again as he is, do this? But he's done it anyway. So you're super angry. And so you say, no more telephone and no more computer. And now you just sit there and read your books and, and don't talk to me until you're repentant. And after some time, so after some time he comes and says, Papa. And, and, and you look at him and say, what did I say? And he says, no, but, but, but Papa and... and you, you could have sent him away, but you, you choose, I choose, to listen to his story before sending him away. <laughs> and, 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 and I've made him to know that when I do listen to him, it's not weakness, it's mercy. And so they know when they need to ask on mercy. And they've learned also that mercy should not be abused. <laughs> but the prodigal son understands that if I go back to my father, the inheritance is not over. There is also mercy. Because the father has love. And out of love flows mercy. So he goes back. The older son, I pity him. And I pray that I do not have older sons here. <laughs> Not I didn't say older brother, I just said older sons. <laughs> because the older son missed it completely. You see, this is why your eyes, the eyes of your understanding must be made open. The older son was right there in the inheritance. Living in the inheritance, but not enjoying a single piece of it. Laboring every day. Not even one day did he have a party for himself. He was not drinking smoothie when others were being given smoothies. His younger son comes back home and the servants are making smoothies and barbecue for him. And what does he say? My father, how can you do this? I've been here all the time. And the father says, but nobody stopped you. If he had wanted to have barbecue every day, smoothie in the morning in the evening and in the in the you could have you could have had party every other weekend if you had wanted you are right there but because your eyes are not seeing your understanding is not enlightened your spirit does not have wisdom you have no revelational knowledge of me you are there and not enjoying. Oh, come on, somebody. You must enjoy the inheritance that is in the saints. Amen. You can't be in the blessing and not enjoying the blessing. 
I refuse. Say, I refuse. I refuse. I refuse to, to see others. See, one, one day, a man of God, you know, I, he, he died. I felt fire in my spirit. A man of God came and said, we need young people of God who rise up and are able to rule in this country. And, and not just, you are just ruled by some ungodly people who drive around in nice fancy cars with their hand outside of the window. And all you do is amen, amen in church. We need young people to rise. I felt a fire in my heart. And I said, God, I must rise also that I will not just be ruled by young people like that's when I'm a pauper. I need to rise and be in a place of influence. That was the burning in my heart. And I've seen God put me in places where I can also be an influence. Why? Because I must enjoy the inheritance that the saints have. Amen. 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 <laughs> Tell you a story. I normally should not have access to some people, <laughs> but, but because, because of that, to say, God, I am in the blessing. You need to open the doors for me. I suddenly had access to several people. And then there were some people who came and said, but why are you the one going there? I said, have you tried to go there yourself? <laughs> says, well, these people are a people for my category because I have this and this and these credentials. I said, well, you have those credentials, but what have you done with? Damn. I do not have your credentials. One, two, three, four, five. I, I have none of them. But what I have, is an inheritance Hallelujah. of the saints. Hallelujah. And that inheritance of the saints has given me access to people that you have had to use your credentials and 15 years experience. I have zero years experience and all I have is a very big God. Oh, he is always by my side. And that big God has made it sure that I am placed. It's like somebody just says, I want to go with him and Boom, you are dropped right there. Mm -hmm. Then oh, so this is the big person that everybody is looking up to. Mm -hmm. Now they are looking down at me. Mm -hmm. And they are speaking to me and looking down in the sense that I am shorter than them. But when they, <laughs> after the conversation, they are standing and they are saying, we want to work more with you. Mm -hmm. Why? Because there is a dynamic that the Lord gives you. Hallelujah. When you are able to take hold of the inheritance, that is in the sense. I want more of you, oh God, in my life. Because when I have God, I can influence things in a different way. When the glory of God is with me. You see, Moses was, a, was somebody who stammered. You know, t tell me about a bad childhood. Moses was not allowed to cry. Science tells us that we should let our children cry. You know. When I became a father and, they, and I, I, I didn't want my child to cry. And, and, and the nurse said, let, let the baby cry. It helps them build muscle in their, in their lungs. Oh, okay, it, it helps them to breathe. Let them cry. <laughs> okay, let them deal with the things of life. They deal with it by crying. Oh, okay. If their diaper is not wet and you have fed them very well, they are comfortable where they are, let them cry if they want to cry. I just couldn't understand it. Why should they cry? But then one day I said, well, let the baby cry. So he cried 10 minutes, 11 minutes. He kept quiet and started laughing. And that was a game changer. 
Because the next time he cried, I ignored him. <laughs> Life became easy. <laughs> Only when he gets to 24 minutes, then I will go and check what's going on. <laughs> you, you hear what I'm saying? Yes. But, 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 but you know, in this, in this whole, whole aspect of things, the thing is this. We need to come to a place where we have a bit more knowledge of things so that our life may progress and not become captured, become stagnant by the things that don't build. And sometimes some things just have to happen because they are part of the process. Yes. Like the crying of the baby, it's just part of the process. If they don't cry, they may never learn to express themselves. So Moses was not allowed to cry. And that's why Moses struggled with speech. Because the, the bulk of the time where he should have cried, they spent time preventing him from crying. It saved his life, yes. Only when it became impossible for the mother to keep him from crying is when she made the Moses basket and put him in the water. So when Moses say, when God says, Moses, I'm sending you back to Pharaoh, what does Moses say? No, 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 not me, Lord. I, 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 I can't, can't speak. I, 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 I'm a stammerer. He's stammering because he was not allowed to speak for a greater part of his life. Talk about being confused. You live in an Egyptian palace, but you are raised as a Hebrew in a small hut. And you are, talk about identity crisis. They are telling you to become a Hebrew, but they are saying live like an Egyptian. Talk about being confused about what should I represent? Should I represent my, my the people that, that I've been taught that I am part of? Or the, the kingdom that is feeding me? How many of you have been caught between those choices? What, what, should, what really am I? Should I be Dutch or Malawian? Should I be Pentecostal or pro, just, just, just evangelical? Should I be Nigerian or Dutch? I always tease my son. And then I say, you're Zimbabwean. He says, no, no, no. You are the Zimbo. <laughs> I'm Dutch. <laughs> so let's take our passports and see. So let's go take the passports. Then he brings out a red one and the green one. <laughs> but what am I playing about? It's about can you identify yourself? Make a clear choice and stick with that choice. And don't be confused. River bank, river bank. But that's what Moses was going through. And yet. When he understood what God was to him. Oh, Moses became God's friend. You too can have a deeper experience of God. Irregardless of what you've been through. Moses runs away. He was supposed to be a criminal put into prison. Cast out by Pharaoh. He has to run. He's a vagabond. But God finds him on the backside of the mountain. And chooses to use him. You know, God has something big in store for you. 
And, and I, I just want to, to prompt you right now as we move into prayer to say your faith, it must rise up to grasp the riches of His glory, of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. These are eternal blessings and life that are in Christ. Things that are not corrupted by, by earthliness. Things that are deep. Things that are for you. You must take hold of your inheritance in Christ. I want you to rise with me. Because I, I just need you to pray. And say, God, I need to know more of you. More of you. I, I, I will leave the aspect about the power that works in us for Feast of Grace time. Uh, let's leave it for, 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 for Feast of Grace. Uh, lest I take the preacher's message out. Uh, uh, but, 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 but there is a power that is also at work in you. That is of God. But tonight I just want you to make, to make a prayer. Just to fall in love with the Lord right now. And just say, Lord, I want to, to, to know more of you. I, I want to know more of you. I want to know, oh God, and, and, and to have my, this, my... I want a spirit of wisdom. I want to have a revelation in the knowledge of you. Lord, I, I want to know the hope of your, of, a calling, uh, of, the, of your calling for my life. I want to know the riches of your glory. That is of an, of, uh, an inheritance for me as a saint. In the name of Jesus. Just go ahead and just begin to speak to the Lord right now. Speak to the Lord right now. And then I'll lead us in some prayers. I'll lead us in some prayers. But right now, just speak to the Lord. Speak to the Lord for yourself, for yourself, for whatever, whatever it is that, 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 that the Lord has ministered and placed upon your heart. Just speak to the Lord right now. In the name of Jesus. Oh, ask for that spirit of wisdom and, and, and revelational knowledge. Just ask for that spirit of wisdom and revelational knowledge. You need more of Him, more of Him, more of Him revealed in your life. Say, Lord, reveal yourself to me. Reveal yourself to me. Like Moses prays and says, Father, show me your glory. Lord, show me your glory. Lord, give me a revelation. Give me a revelation, a revelation, a revelation. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Ria ba 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 
in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, pray and say, Father, enlighten my the eyes of my understanding. Enlighten the eyes of my understanding. In the name of Jesus, Munka Rabasanda, Vikerebe Sanda Rabasaya, oh Rabba Baba Baba, enlighten the eyes of my understanding. Let my eyes see something deeper than I'm seeing now. Enlighten the eyes of my understanding. Let my supernatural eyes begin to see. In the name of Jesus, Erebe Kananda Rabasanda Rabakananda Rabaha, Rabba Baba Nanda Rabasanda Rabakaya, Rabusunda Rabahanda, Yeraba. Pray for the eyes of your understanding. Pray for the eyes of your understanding. Oh, they must be enlightened today. They must be enlightened today. You must begin to see something. You must begin to see something. You must begin to see something. Oh, you must begin to see something. Let the eyes of your understanding be enlightened right now. Tonight, in the name of Jesus. If you have not been think, seeing things clearly, begin to declare it for yourself right now. Begin to declare. No more double vision. No more blurred vision. No more short-sightedness. No more long-sightedness. No more vision problems. My God, I pray God that the eyes of my understanding will be enlightened as of today, Jehovah. That my eyes will begin to see. My supernatural eyes, I declare them open. I declare them open to see things in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, pray and say, Father, remove the veil of darkness that has been before my eyes. Remove the veil of blindness. Remove the veil that has been blinding me. In the name of Jesus, that my eyes may begin to see. That my eyes may begin to see. That I may begin to comprehend, to understand. As you understand, O Lord, that I may begin to understand things. As you understand, oh my Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Yeramanandara 
Pray for a visitation of the glory of God upon your life. Say, Father, visit me. Visit me. Oh, Rebananda, He can visit you by angels. He can visit you in a dream. He can visit you in a vision. He can visit you. He can visit you in one way or the other. He can show you something. He can show you what they want what you must do. He can show you the future. He can show you. He can show you the path of life. He can show you. He can reveal to you. Oh, pray for that revelation. Pray for that revelation. Lord, I need a revelation of God. A revelation of Himself. A revelation of His power. A revelation of His glory. A revelation of His desire. A revelation of His will. A revelation of His path for your life. In the name of Jesus, my God, my Lord, He can send someone to give you a word. He can send someone to give you a word. To give you a word. To give you an open revelation. A rema word. Pray for it right now. Pray for it right now. And say, Father, Lord, I need your visitation. I need your word. I need your word. He can visit you in the middle of the night. He can visit you in the morning. He can visit you as you go. In wherever you are, He can visit you with the power of His word and His glory. Lord, I want to see your glory. I want more of you, oh God. I want more of you in my life. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I need more and more of you, oh God. He can give you a revelation of the hope of His calling. He can give you a revelation of the hope of His calling. If you can pray for it right now. Pray for it right now and say, Lord, give me the revelation of that hope of your calling of my life. In the name of Jesus. 
I want to know what is the hope of my calling. I want to know, Lord Jehovah, what is my inheritance. Ask the Lord for your inheritance. Ask the Lord for your inheritance. In the Ravashanda Ravahaya. In the Rebekayanda Ravashanda. Rabababababayanda. You must understand your possession in the Lord. You must understand the inheritance you have in the Lord. Ask for that positioning. Ask for that knowledge. Ask for that understanding. In the name of Jesus. Make an Abbasanda. That you may not be like the older son who was in the inheritance but not enjoying it. But you may be a wise son who uses the inheritance of the father appropriately by the spirit of wisdom and knowledge. In the name of the Lord Jesus. God, open the eyes of the understanding in the name of the Lord Jesus. Open the eyes of the understanding in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Just worship the Lord, just worship the Lord. God, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus, In the name of the Lord Jesus, He says, I'm a God of restoration.